There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Now, my first guest today bears out the saying, if you want something done, ask a busy person. Brian McCraw recently retired as president of DCU after his 10-year term finished, but a good man with lots to offer is always in demand. And so not one, but two significant national roles are now in his remit. And I'm delighted to say hello to the man from Dundalk. Brian, how are you? Very well. Thanks, uh, Jerry. Thank you for the, the very kind introduction indeed. I'm delighted to be on the show as a, as a, proud, a proud Louth man. And while we're on that topic, we might as well clear the decks here before we get down to the meat of the conversation. What do you make of the new manager of the county team, Mickey Hart? Oh, I'm delighted. Delighted as, as um, like yourself, still suffering the pain of uh, July 2010 and the last time really we, we Louth came close to the heights and I think that was a, a, a savage wound that the county got then. Um, it's fantastic to have someone like Mickey Hart and, and his assistant coming in to take over both the senior and the under-20 team. I think it, it gives us all great hope for the, mm. the, the time ahead. And starting with Division 4 next year and perhaps a very good run in the, in the Leinster Championship. But uh, Mickey has, you know, he's been, has his massive record, fantastic record, one of the greatest managers of all time. The fact that Peter Fitzpatrick and I'm, Great plaudits to Peter, uh, managed to entice him to take on this role. I, th- I think it's fantastic. And at a time when all of us need a lifting of the spirits for all the obvious reasons, I think this, this is great news for loads of people. So I get to wear my Lowe's jersey again, going to <laughs> more than one match a year. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I have the old red and white cap going back many years myself. I'll have to take her out and dust her off, please God, down the road. But it is positive, and you're right. It, it is a lift for everybody. And again, we, we wish him well. We were chatting uh, to one of his former players here on the show yesterday. Well, let's talk about yourself for a while. Well, firstly, I do have to say, what a, a, a task you've been handed with this task force, your chairperson of Ireland's COVID-19 vaccination task for force so the job is underway oh no it's under underway yeah i got i got the call and really it's the sort of call from the Taoiseach's office that you, you you really shouldn't say no to well i certainly i didn't feel i could say no to it i asked to take on this role and the Taoiseach announced it on november 11th but since that we've been working away diligently to get the task force itself up and running and the project management team underneath it up and running across all the dimensions of this and i, I can say a few words about that in in, in a minute um, but, but yes, we're, we're, we're fully up and running. Uh, it's, it's a massive task. It's a complex task, but it's critically important for obviously the future well-being of our, our society. And I was, you know, pleased and honoured to, to, to take on the role. But yes, I will, I will be very busy. But I think it's important to say to your listeners, some people 
thought that you know why is the Irish government only thinking now of doing this? It, that's not the case. I mean, there was two very significant committees and groups working away in this uh, over the past number of months. One in the HSE and one in the Department of Health. Um, for example, the Immunisation Strategy Group, as it's called, and the a vaccination implementation team in the HSE. So part of my role and, and the role of the task force is, is to draw all that work, good work together, but to make sure we have a very integrated approach to making sure we have a really efficient and effective vaccination strategy and plan ready for the, the Irish public as soon as possible. So you mentioned across dimensions. What do you mean by that there? Well, look, we're, talk, we're covering all the issues from, if you like, the, the, the vaccines leaving the pharmaceutical plant. So let's, let me take one of the ones that's yes. at, the, at, the, at the front of the, of the queue in terms of us receiving them, the Pfizer one. Most of those are being manufactured in Belgium. They'll be shipped to Karlsruhe in Germany and then they'll fly into Ireland. So I'm, I'm talking right from leaving uh, the Pfizer plant in Belgium, right through to what happens when they land here, how they're stored, how they're distributed, all the way through to individuals uh, and, and which, what sequence of individuals uh, will be vaccinated where, what the follow-up is. And, and I think uh, virtually all the vaccines at the head of the queue at the moment, maybe bar one, are dual dose. So how we manage that dual dose issue for everybody because that has to happen within four weeks uh, and so on and so on. So it's, you know, you've, information technology, IT system underpinning this, you have the huge focus on safety, uh, the fact that these new vaccines are, are being um, given conditional use, it means there's all sorts of additional things we have to track from a, a clinical and medical perspective. So there's so many things, and that's why it's pulling it all together in an integrated project. That's the role I've been given, and, and uh, that's what we're active on at the moment. And we had the first uh, full meeting, now we've had a number of meetings, but the first full meeting of the complete task force earlier this week on Monday. And um, one of the things we decided and committed to is that we will submit to the, the Taoiseach, to the government, a national vaccination strategy and a full imp- implementation plan by Friday the 11th of December. That's two weeks from, two weeks from this Friday of this week. So um, we're, on, we're at full tilt making sure this will happen because it's critically important, given the expectation that uh, some of the vaccines may well get this um, conditional marketing approval that's, mm. that, or authorization. That, that's the language used from the European Medicines Agency. Some of that could happen as early as mid-December. And we need to be ready uh, as a nation to be able to accept the vaccines as soon as possible. And um, it could be late December. It, could, it certainly will happen in January at the very latest. We will have vaccines on the ground here and we need to know exactly what to do as efficiently and effectively as possible. That's great to hear that uh, January is uh, in in the picture at this time. And of course, you mentioned Pfizer there. We have Moderna as well and the AstraZeneca Oxford one. So there's three options there. You mentioned Pfizer coming in. Will Ireland be availing of the other two? Well, th- there are actually six now that the, oh, right. the European Commission, uh, Jerry, and, and actually today is the sixth one. Uh, the European Commission is signing the advanced purchase agreement with Moderna today, but they've already signed them with Pfizer, Janssen, AstraZeneca, that's the Oxford one, mm. Sanofi and CureVac. So just to give you the figures, and this will, this will provide great reassurance to the, the Irish public and particularly the, the, list, the listeners to LMFM. Already counting the Moderna one today, the advanced purchase agreements at the European Commission uh, entitles us all to, in the European 2027 20, to 1.4 billion doses with an option on another half, half a billion, 500 million doses. And Ireland gets its share of those 
uh, in proportion to its population. So we get just over 1.11%. So if you do the maths on that, that's a significant number of vaccines. We will not be short of vaccines. Great. Okay, and I think everything. And so when we look at the issue of sequencing, who gets in what order, uh, just everyone should know there will be vaccines for everybody. And I think that's that's an important message. And of course, the message has to go out. We talked to Paul Miner, Professor Paul Miner. I'm sure you know him from um, Good friend of Minute. Mine. Yes, Paul is with us uh, every week and has been since March. And he was just saying one thing. He he uh, really emphasises the need to, you know, get the message out there uh, about the safety of the vaccination and why it would be good that as many people as possible would take it on board. Absolutely. And we're very pleased to hear people like Paul and people like Luke O'Neill coming out saying they'll be at the, at the front of the queue. And these are, our, these are world-leading experts on vaccines, on immunology, and saying this, look, they understand the science of this. They, they, they will validate all the, all the information coming out uh, across all vaccines. And I will be utilising that expertise, by the way, uh, to make sure that you know, what, what reaches the Irish public is, is with the highest levels of safety uh, involved so that people can make those decisions. But it's really, it's our pathway out of this pandemic. It's our path, pathway to freedom, really, that a, a large fraction of the Irish population ad- adopt the vaccine because imparting herd immunity, and this is, you've heard the term before, but it's really only through the application of a large fraction of the population adopting the, the vaccine that we'll achieve that so that we can reach a situation a bit like measles. Like measles, measles is no longer regarded as a, as a, you know, a population problem because our population is vaccinated and has developed that herd immunity. And we think nothing of that anymore. So we really want to achieve the same thing uh, with the, um, the, the, uh, the vaccines for COVID-19. It's fantastic news. I'll remember this day, Breen. I will. I'm taking a note of it here, the 25th of November 2020. This well, is just indeed. wonderful news. Yeah, no, it is positive news. But look, I mean, we have to be careful and, and scrutinise all the scientific information, but bearing in mind... The, the vast majority of the information released to date is by press release. And that's not how scientists and medics really evaluate. But um, I think it's very important that we recognise the, the quality in, uh, of the European Medicines Agency. And, and that's the organisation that actually makes the decision uh, to authorise the use for the European member states. And, and Ireland's representatives on that. In fact, it's an Irish lady who heads it up, a lady called Emer Cook, which is very good to know. But our HPRA, which is the Health Products Regulatory Authority in Ireland is represented on that as well, and 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 the HPRA will be represented in our task force as well, and that will enable us to make the absolutely safest decisions and recommendations for usage for the Irish public. And again, these are very important messages uh, that that your listeners will, will will want to hear, and certainly uh, it's very significant part of the decision making of the tax for task force that I'm leading. Let's just park that now and uh, I want to tell our listeners, not one, as I said in the introduction, but two significant roles because you had been appointed chairperson of the future of a media commission here in Ireland. And of course, this is a major, major uh, group as well that you're heading up because I don't have to remind people of what's happened when we talk about local newspapers, local radio, national radio, television, the online world and the blurring of all the lines. And where is this whole thing now, uh, Breen? W- will that be going? Will you be working on that in parallel or has that to take a little bit of a nudge to the side for the moment? 
No, no, I'll be working in parallel. In fact, I have another full meeting of the commission. It'll be our third full meeting of the commission tomorrow. So, no, I think, mm. I mean, it's something I discussed with government. I could manage the two in parallel. And so if there was any doubt, that that, that, that wouldn't happen. But, um, yeah, it's probably worth explaining just the, the genesis of this. And yep. It's just under a year ago I got the call. Would, would I head up what was then intended to be a commission on the future of public service broadcasting? And that was meant to kick off in the early part of this year. And then, of course, two things happened. One, COVID-19, and the second, uh, the general election and the formation of a new government. And in the new program for government, um, it was decided to expand the remit from public service broadcasting into the future of media, which makes it much more complex, but was absolutely the right decision for all the reasons you just explained, because, you know, the borders between print, broadcast, and online are completely blurred and, you know, Almost every uh, aspect of media now has multiple platforms to disseminate their their, their, their information and their message. So uh, it is more complex, but it's, it's critically important, we believe, for the well-being of society. You know, it's underpinning, you know, the quality of democracy. If you take one example, impartial, independent journalism, you know, it's informing people. And, and there's plenty of examples around the world where where you don't have high quality uh, uh, media there and public service media that, you know, you can get very distorted uh, perceptions in society. So, um, yeah, the, the commission has been set up to examine how what you would call public service aims can be delivered and sustainably funded through broadcasting, print and online media in Ireland over the next decade and beyond, but ensuring at the same time that independent editorial oversight is maintained so you, you couldn't intervene in, in that space, yeah. but also that what it would support, and this is very important, Ireland's creative and cultural sectors as well, so this is taking the remit from government about how they define what the role of the government is in terms of and what public service means in the context of media. And I'm really pleased that people now understand it's not just about the RTEs and the TG cars. It's about, you know, the national, the regional, the local. It's about the newspapers. It's about radio stations like yourselves. And I think that's very important. And if you ever needed a, a, an example of the of the impact and the and, and the the real uh, benefit of local radio, it's been over the last seven months, and and how how the social cohesion and support for individuals and that connection with with community has been supported by by, by shows like your own. Um, but but I think that's it, it's very good that that that's within the remit now, where whereas it, it it didn't start like that. Oh, interesting times. And I wish you well with uh, both uh, key roles at this juncture in this country. Look, time will beat us today, but I'll be back to you, I promise you. But I just wanted to remind our listeners, you are a Dundalk man. Both your parents, I know, were teachers in Dundalk. You went to the CBS there. You're a Christian brother's boy like myself, to be honest with you. And now living in Termin Yes, that's what I was going to say. You're back. You're back in the wee county. Back of the week, County. Having played for the Gales and the Dundalk Young Irelands, I know I'm now in the land of the Feckins and the Dreadnoughts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish you well. Be careful there with borders. You know yourself whether you're red and black or green or white. You better get that straight. Or maybe you can have a foot in both camp. You could be making history there as well, Breen. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> You'll see, of course. Glad to be back in County Laws, and thank you very much, Jerry. No, not at all. And listen, I know you're a busy man. I thank you for uh, your time today on the show. And again, we will talk in the future Breen but good luck to you I say that again Uh, we're all uh, there with you all the way thanks a million thank you very much take care of yourself that's Breen McCaw there chairperson of the Future of Media Commission and chairperson of Ireland's COVID-19 vaccination task force
Now, you heard it here on Late Lunch this afternoon. There will be vaccines for everybody. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.